Ruby on Rails podcast. I'm Jeffrey Grossenbach. Thanks for listening to the Ruby on Rails podcast. This is Sean Devine. You're listening to the Ruby on Rails podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Daigle. And I'm your co-host, Brittany Martin. Welcome to the Ruby on Rails podcast. You're listening to the Ruby on Rails podcast. You're listening to episode 500. This is a big 500 bonanza. I'm your host, Elise Schaefer, and with me is your wonderful co-host, Nick Schwatterer. This is our first time recording together. Yes, it's good to be here. Thanks for having me. Like I may have said earlier, I've talked to you a fair bit, but we haven't been recording for the world to join in on our conversation as well. So I'm really excited. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness, 500. Yikes. Or zoinks or whatever. Yeah, it's kind of incredible, like how long the show has been going. It's amazing to be able to have a show that goes to episode 500. What I thought we could do today is just kind of do maybe a little bit of a retrospective about the show and maybe talk about, I've been doing it for about 10 episodes, 11 episodes now, and I've recorded a couple more beyond that. And maybe just do a retrospective of the whole show and then like maybe Mm. some things that might change in the future and just kind of talk through that. Wonderful. Yeah, that sounds like a great topic. And the show has a lot of history. So it'll be fun to kind of talk about it a little bit. I did not do any archaeology prior to this. But I mean, when was the first episode? It was back in 2009. Is that right? No, 2005 in July. 2005. Oh, okay. Do you remember like when podcasts were like a thing? Mm -hmm. And it was like, oh, podcasts. And then 11 years later, they really became a thing. So there's this Mm -hmm. weird time. I remember in the mid 2000s, there's a bass player from a band who had a podcast I quite like listening to. And then there's a few other people who maybe are still big today. And it was like, wow, podcasts, Apple, you go into like iTunes and you listen to these things. But then it seemed around 2014 on, they became like everyone's listening to podcasts now. This podcast was an OG. It was like a summer 05 And the audio is on the Ruby on Rails podcast page. I think it's kind of out of order. So you might have to search like 001 to get the first one. But the thing that I don't know with my archaeology is every single host through the days. I can tell you, I work for a mom and pop company called Shopify. And (laughs) the CEO was like like a small local business. Before this episode, I have listened to the first two or three. And obviously Mm -hmm. the audio is not as great. But yeah, it was actually at podcast.rubyonrails.org. It was originally Mm -hmm. affiliated with the core team. And they would just say, this week we had some pull requests come in and here's what we're doing. But it's quite interesting. So it was kind of a review. And then they interview folks about what was going on. But like you say, and the formats changed over the years too. Now, how it left Mm -hmm. from there to not, a part of that, I actually don't know that history. So it'd be interesting if any listeners from a long time ago have that information. Yeah, I do have a list of all of the hosts, or at least all the ones that I was able to find by crawling through the feed. So Jeffrey Grossenbach was the first ever host of the show. And then he hosted it for several years. And then Sean Devine, I think, and Kevin mm-hmm. Daigle, Daigle? Or Kyle, Daigle, I think. Yeah. Kyle, Kyle, why did I say Kevin? <laughs> No, no. Next time I see him, I'll call him Kevin. <laughs> Kevin Dagle. I'll be like, what are you talking I about? Hope Kev- I hope Kyle's listening. <laughs> <laughs> and then Brittany, obviously. And then now me. So those are the hosts that have hosted it. It's kind of 
amazing too that it's changed hands so many times and everyone's gotten to put kind of their own sort of spin on it and, and like kind of leave an imprint on it. And that's kind of special too, that it's sort of this staple and institution within the community and people just sort of shepherd it. Or I think the way you said it before, like prior to us recording about it being, oh, there's a sports team, but there's just like a different coach or whatever through the years. I think that's like an interesting way to think about it too. And I think the majority of the people listening will probably have started listening in the last five years today, right? Mm -hmm. So it's cool to share this history with folks and what you're saying about like the different formats. So for example, I'll give a, maybe my little story, how I got tied into this and then maybe talk about the different formats. But I would have laid my first line of Ruby in March, 2014. And I lived in a very, folks may have heard me tell this story before, lived in quite a rural place pretty much my whole life until I moved to Belfast. So I never lived near Rubyists. I never got to mm. Ruby with people. So I reached out to the community as much as I could. And I listened to all the podcasts I could. My first coding job, I had a crazy long commute on public transport in and out. So I would get every hour that ever aired on Ruby. So like this show, the bike shed, things like that. And that's how I kind of felt like a part of the community. Because when every week you're listening to people just talk about themselves, mm -hmm. their lives, Ruby, maybe some idioms with Rails or good software. Over time, you start to form your own opinions, especially if you're working and listening to these people every day. You don't think of it like continuing education, but you feel like a part of it. And then how I'm actually talking on the podcast right now is, Interesting. My first ever speaking gig was at a conference in Exeter in England, but it was a, quite a global called Isle of Ruby or Isle of Ruby, if you say it really fast. And Brittany was there. That's and awesome. I, and I just said, Brittany, thank you for what you're doing with the podcast. I love it because I listened when it was Kyle and Sean. Kyle was quite busy and the episodes weren't as frequent for a while. And then Brittany was just like, I, I'll do it. And it's been so good, right? Under Brittany stewardship. It was great under Kyle too, but it's cool to see mm -hmm. people like step up like Brittany did and like you have. Yeah. So I just basically got along and, and Brittany saw something I did and said, this is what I love about it. No one in the community knew who I was at all. Said, hey, you want to come on and talk about, you got your first Rails PR merged and you wrote a blog about it. You want to talk about that? And I said, sure. And then when I left, we got along. I was just like, hey, if you ever need filler so you can talk about yourself as opposed to interviewing a guest or something. Let me know. And that's kind of how we got to where we are. I think Brittany appreciated having someone in the calendar, like mm -hmm. a slot that didn't need to be booked. And yeah, that's still kicking around a little bit, talking about Ruby sometimes. Yeah, I think it's kind of incredible what Brittany was able to do because at the time that she took over, the show had been kind of dormant for six months or a year or something. Like it had been dormant for a while. And she kind of was able to bring it back and she took it independent and yeah, it's just incredible when you look back. I think in each one of these instances, someone is just trying to like do something cool. But then when you look back at the history of it, it's like even more cool than maybe what each person was trying to do, right? Because like you can see it from the broader context of, oh, this show was just like a cool way to talk about Rails. And now it's a big institution and all of these people have left a mark on it. And that's really cool. Yeah, because I think kind of the way, like I said, it started out with like, Here's what's going on with Rails Core, and which was an interesting format for a while. I don't know if they were that official all the way up. But then when it went mm -hmm. to, I think it would have been called 5 by 5 Network, and then with Sean Devine yeah. and, and Kyle Daigle, it was a completely different format where I think most of the episodes, at least half, were just Kyle and Sean talking, which is also a nice format. It's a different format, but it's nice where mm -hmm. it's just, hey, what's up? How was your week? What's going on at GitHub? Oh, yeah. 
did you upgrade? I remember literally the episode where they're like, did you upgrade to Rails 5? Yeah, it was pretty easy. And then I upgrade Rails 5 at work that week after Leslie podcast. And it was a nightmare because the legacy app had some old dead dependencies that never upgraded for five, like Squeal. Mm -hmm. People remember Squeal. Yeah. And the last PR on Squeal is by me trying to market is like not alive anymore. (laughs) And (laughs) it never got merged. But you know, so like that, I mean, I had these experiences like, okay, they said it was an easy upgrade. And then as well for them, because their apps were probably in good states. And so they're just talking. But then when Brittany, it wasn't just taking over and keeping it the same, right? It was like Brittany was very much, I've got guests like every week, except for a couple of people, but generally guests every week. She'd have her questions like, what's your Ruby origin story or your software developer origin story, which is always cool to hear because I have a degree, but I don't have a CS degree. And it was always nice to hear that is not uncommon in our Mm -hmm. industry. And how people got into it. Now, some people were like, when I was four years old, I got my first computer and I was writing Vim with one hand. And, but you know, that's cool too. (laughs) Why did it come for me like that? (laughs) What? No, no. Can I say that's a compliment? When I say I can't (laughs) Vim and I'd like to Vim, but then I know it's kind of like, oh, you know what? It'd be cool to learn some more Spanish than I know. I just never find yeah. the time. It's like, oh, Vim. Yeah, I pair with people with Vim. So by the way, for our listeners, if you pack with Vim, that's me complimenting you and dissing myself. <laughs> Do you currently use one service for uptime monitoring, another one for error tracking, another for status pages, and yet another to monitor your cron jobs and microservices? Paying for all those services separately may be costing you way more than you think. If you want to simplify your stack and lower your bills, it's time to check out Honey Badger. HoneyBadger combines all of those services into one easy-to-use platform. It's everything you need to keep production healthy and your customers happy. Best of all, HoneyBadger is free for small teams and setup takes as little as five minutes. Get started today at HoneyBadger.io. That is HoneyBadger.io. Thank you to HoneyBadger for their continued support of the Ruby on Rails podcast. But now now you're here, and I don't know if you want to talk about no pressure or anything. You might kind of find how you want this podcast to be, but like you mm-hmm. probably have thoughts and stuff too on, you know, where yeah. you're Yeah, I mean, I, for me, for the first like couple months, I was really just trying to get my footing and sort of find my own sort of voice within the show and then kind of get used to being on the microphone and get used to like all of the production side stuff was also like stuff that I had to get used to and think about. And most of that I'm now gotten pretty solid, I think. Like I'm much more comfortable speaking on the show and I'm much more comfortable with finding guests and like trying to talk. It's amazing because like the podcast sort of gives you a little bit of a license to just go up to somebody or like in this case, email someone and just be like, hey, do you want to come be on this show? So for the first couple of months, it was a lot of that. It was a lot of me just sort of finding my footing. But I've started to think about experiments that I could do within the show, within the format a little bit. When I went to RubyConf, this is a couple episodes ago, when I went to RubyConf, I recorded an episode just within the hallway track, just walked around and grabbed people and was like, do you want to be on a podcast? Do you want to talk to me for a couple minutes? And that was like a total experiment. I didn't know if that was going to work. I didn't know how I was going to do the recording. Like I talked to Paul and was like, hey, I have this idea. I don't know how to record while I'm traveling. Can you like recommend a digital recorder and give me any tips? And he's always awesome. He was always like super helpful. But I didn't know like what the audio quality was going to be like. 
I didn't know if people were going to actually talk to me and want to talk to me just in the middle of the hallway in between sessions. I didn't have my headphones, so I wasn't monitoring the audio. So while we're recording, I had no idea if I was going to get to the hotel room and it would just be like unusable. (laughs) And then I had no idea if anybody was going to like it, right? Like I had no idea like if it would be a good episode, like if it would turn out to be a good episode or if people would appreciate it. But it worked out really well. Like that episode has given me the most feedback of any episode that I've done so far and universally positive feedback. People saying, this was such a cool episode. This was really awesome. Are you going to do this at RailsConf? And I think that was like interesting that taking this sort of risk of, because it would have been easy to just grab someone from Ruby Central and just record an episode with them about the conference. But yeah, so I've done like some experiments like that. I have some ideas for stuff that I want to do in the future and we can maybe talk about that. But it's been pretty awesome to sort of find the space to sort of take some of those creative liberties with the format of the show. Yeah, I think it's good to do that because obviously I don't have any of your responsibilities. But as a person, I think it's good for these kind of things where you're thinking about you know, a decent amount of content over a year is to chase what interests you because then that'll Mm -hmm. make it easier to do. If you find something like a bit of a slog or like, you know, a bit challenging, be like, well, what would you like to do? By the way, not only for making it easier, but if you like the thing, your listeners are probably going to like the thing too because it's this contagious effect. Just saying, you know, I'm going to go talk to a bunch of people. I'm just going to pull them over. I'm not going to have a full studio set up and everything. And I think that's what people want to hear here are just conversations. I mean, I listen to some podcasts where people, one example I think of are the remote Ruby folks, they just turn the microphones on. It's, I think they have guests a bit, but they just chat. It's very Mm -hmm. low pressure for them. And still, even if there's like half the episode that's nothing to do with Ruby, you find yourself wanting to listen, right? Yeah. And it's because it's what people want to do. Yeah. I'm really excited to see what you do with the podcast and where you go with it. And it's kind of, cool to have this energy and everything. I I can't remember Brittany's episode count. I think Brittany's the all time at the moment because I just had a, while you were talking, I just had a look there and I cannot confirm this for sure. But I think the cadence in those early years was not what it has been for the last four or five Mm -hmm. years. I'm unsure if 2008 only had like 10 episodes, but that might be the case. So yeah, I'll have to look deeper, folks. I'm not going to make any... I don't say things about data unless I'm sure. But just what I see here in front of me, it looks like it wasn't recurring as it is now. Certainly the cadence is something that has, I think, helped the show a lot, right? I think that probably keeps people listening and keeps them engaged. And I'm going to still keep the same cadence. I don't think I'm going to make any changes there. We can maybe talk about some of the things that I'm thinking of right now. Paul doesn't know any of this, so he'll, <laughs> he'll be hearing it when he's editing this. I live guess. music, um, a live musical guest <laughs> every other episode. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We're going to include huge pieces of copyrighted <laughs> materials <laughs> without licenses. No, I'm just kidding. So I think one thing that I want to do, coming off of RubyConf and that episode and kind of the response that was garnered by that episode and how much people liked it. Community is very important to me. And I think I want to do some stuff where I can pull the broader community into the show more. So one of the things that I'm doing is I set up an email that's comments at the Ruby on Rails podcast.com. And I'm going to have people submit comments and then maybe do like a comment response episode or something, which I don't know if like PBS idea channel was like a YouTube channel years ago. They used to do that. They used to take 
the comments on the YouTube video and they used to have a comment response video. Um, so I think I'm going to do something like that. That's going to be kind of an experiment I run. And maybe the other thing I'm going to do is I'm, I think I'm going to stop saying the episode numbers in the intro. <laughs> does that let you like move the episodes around if you want to, though? Yeah. So I've had to move a couple. Now, thankfully, m- most of the episodes that I've had to move have been before I actually recorded or before editing, right? So actually, all of them have been before editing. But there is a sense in which it would just be easier. Like right now, I'm currently recording several to just sort of get ahead of the holidays and all that stuff. But like, for this episode, I was like, oh, wow, episode 500 is coming up, but I've already got a couple that are in the pipeline. And like, now I'm like trying to juggle the schedule. And it would just be easier if I could just move them without having to think about it. So I think I'm probably going to stop saying the episode number. I'll still keep the episode number in the feed, probably. So I'm going to maybe start thinking about changing the intros and outros and stuff like that. That's probably going to happen in the new year, I would say. It's like December, so I don't think I'm going to do it this month. But probably in the new year, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look at changing some stuff around there. But yeah, those are some of the things that I'm thinking of doing. Hey, do you have any Ruby meetups near you? There's Boulder Ruby. I don't know if there's a Denver one. It looks like the Denver one stopped in 2019. Well, it's funny you say that, though, because Belfast Ruby was a meetup for years and it stopped six years ago and it had its first meetup last week in six years. And there's the people want the Ruby. And then Toronto similarly Mm -hmm. had their first one last week. This is like a different podcast episode. But what I was going to say is if the live stuff is popular... I mean, if you could do anything you want, not even care, like just, mm-hmm. I, I was like, yeah, you could just rock up to the meetup and say, hey, afterwards, yeah. you want to go grab a coffee and chat. And you know what I mean? Just yeah, without yeah. having to necessarily fly across the country every time. Or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I think that would be really cool. I think some of those kind of like getting the community engaged, I really do feel kind of energized by the RubyConf episode and like how well that went. And also just the fact that it was so well received. I think that was like... I don't want to say surprising necessarily, but I had no idea how that was going to go. (laughs) And it went really well. And the fact that it did go so well sort of made me more eager to do experiments like that. So the meetup idea is good. Boulder's not that far from here. It's like maybe 40 minute drive to get to their meetup. I think it's interesting. Like, obviously, it costs time and money and energy to go to conferences, but just the concept of being able to get as much content as you can physically stand during a short period, but with cool people. Mm -hmm. And then the world gets to hear that. It's neat. And then I think people are open to new ideas and experiments. And yeah, I'm excited to see some of that. This podcast is able to, you know, I like this. It's just never been ironed in, like it's never been in stone, this podcast, right? It is whatever the community and the host and everything are kind of thinking about. So that's what makes it really fun. And thank you to the people who do listen over the years. so This episode of the Ruby on Rails podcast is brought to you by Discourse, the online home for your community. For over a decade, Discourse has made it their mission to make the internet a better place for online communities. Discourse is open source and is trusted by more than 20,000 online communities, including some of the largest companies in the world. By harnessing the power of discussion, real-time chat, and AI, Discourse makes it easy to have meaningful conversations and collaborate with your community anytime and anywhere. Are you ready to create a community? Visit discourse.org slash R-O-R-P to get one month free on all self-serve plans. Whether you're just starting out or want to take your community to the next level, there's a plan for you. 
There's a basic plan for a private invite-only community, a standard plan for unlimited members and public presence, and a business plan for active customer support communities. Plus, one of the biggest advantages to creating your own community with Discourse is that you own your data. You will always have access to all of your conversation history, and Discourse will never sell your data to advertisers. Discourse gives you everything you need in one place. Make Discourse the online home for your community. There's a lot of people to thank, and the listeners are just so incredible. And like everyone that I've met, like this is also kind of interesting is that I sort of had my first experience of I went to a conference and like just the number of people who, when they heard my name was like, oh, I listened to the podcast. And I was like, oh, good. This is awesome. So I had one person who was like, you sound so familiar. Oh, and yeah, like, yeah. Well, <laughs> That's the thing, the and voice, <laughs> right? And I'm like, and I, yeah. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, well, I do host the Ruby on Rails podcast. That's probably where you <laughs> You and I were talking about before recording about new ideas. It's not a wild one. We talked about maybe recording extra episodes in the bank on timeless subjects, right? Because not every podcast... I mean, there's podcasts you can listen to eight years ago that still have topics that apply to every day, right? So we could have those extras because I think it is... Anyone I know whose podcast said about how nice it is to have some in the bank or even hear them talk about it. Oh, Mm -hmm. we've got about four in the bank. So they're probably hearing this in... December or whatever. Yeah. It's interesting because I like to be proactive. I want during like normal course of stuff, like Brittany had kind of set it up to where I think we were like three episodes ahead Mm. or four episodes ahead. Like we were pretty far ahead. And then I got COVID and that just went away. (laughs) I'm so sorry. (laughs) And so now I'm like a little bit trying to get kind of being like ahead and like having some flex room and having extra episodes for when I do get sick. That's like a thing that I think would be very helpful. And being able to just plug those in the feed wherever would also be very helpful. Yeah. For sure. And Mm -hmm. something I'd have said that now this is going to sound like heresy to you, I'm sure, or like blasphemy. Okay. Now, this is not me speaking for any people affiliated with this podcast. I was like, if it ever got really hard, people can do like bi-weekly or sorry, bi-weekly yeah. means two things. That's a weird bugbear of mine is that bi-weekly either means twice oh. a week or every other week. And we need to fix yeah. that in the English language. But I think, is it Drew Bragg or somebody did like seasons? I've done seasons mm-hmm. with content. I think that's probably the extreme version. But I can yeah. tell, I think you're adamant about wanting to do the weekly thing. But if it was twice a month, people would still listen. I have thought about seasons as a thing. But I kind of like the weekly cadence. One other thing that I've thought about doing is like maybe trying to plan. This would be a lot of work, I think. So we'll see if I actually do it. But trying to plan content in a way where like maybe there's an arc to a couple episodes, right? So there's like episodes that are like related or topics that are related or tangential to each other. And they just sort of run in a series or whatever. That's something else that I've considered maybe trying to do. I think that would be highly dependent on whether I can... One, find the guests to do that and whether the topics line up and how much work that would end up being. But Do you have the comments email live now? The email is live. I have not told anybody about it. So this episode will be the first time that anyone hears about it. So comment or comments at the rubyonrailspodcast.com. Comments with an S, plural. Comments. I'm not saying for people to do it, but maybe you'll get someone saying, oh, this sounds really cool. Or, hey, what yeah. about this? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's a feedback form on the website too. And also it's never been done. Nobody's ever. Okay. So you know what they do with TV shows? 
this is like the season thing. There's two things. Obviously, there's reruns, which don't, doesn't really work. But then there's like ones where they do like best bits shows, like at the end of the season. I love clip shows. Yeah. Uh, yes. I, <laughs> this would actually be way more work than recording a podcast episode for sure. Mm-hmm. But if there is a yeah. best bit, we'd be like, all right. And then it's the holiday season. So we're doing a best bits episode this week. And it'd just be like, yeah. Five minutes. But then again, you'd have to listen so many more hours to do a clip yeah. show or and I don't think you'd want to just re-air an episode. I mean, we can talk about all that. Yeah. yeah. I would prefer not to re-air an episode. Yeah. If I was like in a crunch, maybe I would. But I think I, I would. I kind of want to keep new content. Sure. If I got sick again and had to cancel a couple <laughs> recordings and got behind, then maybe I would rerun an episode. But I think I kind of want to keep them. But I do like the clip show episode idea because... It's funny, now we're in the streaming age, but like when I was a kid, the clip shows were awesome. Like they were my favorite episodes. Now we're in the streaming world and it's, well, I just watched all 10 episodes that are in this clip show in the last week. So like I end up skipping them. (laughs) But yeah, you watch like a, a sitcom or something that's funny and then they have... Or even if it's not a clip show, it's like a flashback episode, like Friends would have done it or like any, yep. where there's a live bit where like, hey, do you remember this? And then they'd like show a bit from like years ago, like when everyone was younger yeah. and they'd be like, just like for a minute, right? You know, it would be silly what? to do a previously on, but it's just like a random clip from like not related at all. <laughs> but unrelated, like an actual clip though, not like a jokey thing, but like a real yeah. previously like, on, it'll be oh. like 2007. It's like, well, the Merb merger is going well with Rails. So all the Merb folks are coming yeah. over. It's like, hi, all right. I'm pretty silly. And that's the kind of thing that I would take an immense amount of joy out of. But I think it would get old. Like, I think I would, I think I, it would be funny for a couple months and then it would be my get old. I don't know, but we have this email, so maybe someone can um, let us know. Okay, if we're going on this subject, and it is a silly community, and, and if we're being weird and silly, you know how obviously podcasts don't have closing credits or anything. Right. But you know how some shows have a bit after the credits? I don't know if oh, this, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it is more expensive to add 30 seconds of audio at the end or something or a minute. But you'd be like, and that's it. Da, 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 da. And then have the bonus if they stay on for the extra minute for the oh, that's a good closing idea. credits music or whatever it is. Yeah. Like, like the maybe bit something from before we hit record, but, it, but Paul had access to it or something. Yeah. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. So then the people that like listen to through the end would get this like little Easter egg that's just like us chit-chatting about, I don't know, like audio equipment or desk setups or whatever. (laughs) Yeah. Or maybe I put up a weird URL that if you like go to this URL, Mm -hmm. you'll get the Easter egg, like some Rails thing or something. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I like that. Yeah. I love the creativity and the ideas here. Really excited to... Yeah. I'm down. (laughs) Me too. Me too. I think it's going to be interesting and I'm very excited to just kind of experiment with different things. And these are some of the ideas that I have now, but I'm sure once I start doing them. I'll have even more ideas. And and I'm also open to ideas from the audience and from others as well, and from you and Gemma and Brian too. Thank you for coming on the show and doing this like weird sort of ad hoc episode where we didn't really have a script or an outline really, <laughs> or even goes, research. Yeah. It's a celebration. Um, I mean, I'm really honored to get to be on this episode, of course, being a bit of a Ruby archaeologist informally and mm-hmm. liking the history and stuff. And it's just such a, an amazing thing that this collection of people, many of whom have not met, 
have together over 18 years, 18 and a half years, made 500 episodes talking about Rails. And it's still something that we're talking about a little bit. Yeah. So. And that's kind of amazing and really special. Like that's a special part of Ruby and Rails is that we have a community that's lasted that long and that is still kind of the same sort of weird, inviting. Not that being inviting is weird, but the community is weird and the community is inviting, right? Two separate things. I didn't mean those to be, I didn't mean that to be a compound adjective. I feel like there's this weird thing where it has nothing to do with the syntax or the code Mm -hmm. or the APIs or DSLs, but there's this group of people in the universe that have kind of formed a digital village, I feel like. I feel like it's my town. Yeah. Where And it's yeah. not even tech because there's parts of tech that are really not nice. And it's just like yeah. when I n- meet somebody and I know they're big into Ruby or Rails, I'm like, oh, I think you're part of my village. Like, what street are you on? Hey, oh, we go to the same coffee mm-hmm. shop. But there's some sort of synergy. I think it's been studied even or is being studied mm-hmm. by someone. But yeah, it's a wonderful thing. And this podcast has definitely been a big part of it. Maybe the big radio station in town or something. But yeah, it's been great. Thank you again for helping me celebrate 500 episodes. And then thanks to the audience for listening and for making us so successful and getting us to 500 episodes. Without people listening, it wouldn't be the show that it is. So thanks to the audience. As I said, kind of during the episode, we have this email, this comments at the Ruby on Rails podcast.com. If you send an email to that, we will collect those and do a like a comment response episode in the future. Thanks to Paul, our wonderful editor over at Peach Tree Sound for making us sound like professionals. Thanks again for listening. You're a gem. You've been listening to the Ruby on Rails podcast. Follow us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever fine podcasts are downloaded to stay in the loop on Ruby on Rails and open source software. While you're at it, please leave us a review. And thank you for listening.